All right, grab a seat. Welcome, everyone. <clears throat> so glad to see everybody's bright faces. So many people. I was getting a little afraid when service started. I think there were like 16 people here. <laughs> getting a little uh, slack showing up to church. It's okay. We're glad you're here. We're glad you made it. Um, just a couple things before, before we get going. Um, and also, by the way, those who are watching at home, just want to say welcome. We're glad that you tuned in and uh, joined this service. I'm excited about it. It's a little lighter, a little happier uh, today. Usually, I, I don't know, I come with some pretty heavy words, but today it's just a fun one on thankfulness. I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, so just where we're going in the service, just so you know, I'm going to preach the word. Um, and then after I preach the word, uh, Courtney is going to come up, Courtney Hoyle, and she's going to give us, well, today's prayer Sunday, what we call prayer Sunday. So once a month, we take a Sunday just to kind of think about prayer. So she's going to come and give us some practical wisdom on, on, on prayer. And so that'll be a fun bonus. And then Shane is going to come up and give us some instruction. Now, don't have a mini panic attack when I say this, but <clears throat> we're going to break up into groups of three to five. All right? Some of you are like, oh, my gosh, I shouldn't have come this morning. I wish I was at home. I should have watched a live stream. I knew it. I knew I should have listened to the Holy Spirit. Um, but just listen, it's the, why are we doing this, okay? We're not doing it to make any, we're not going to have you do anything uncomfortable. You don't have to pray out loud or anything like that. We just want to, you know, get into groups. We want to do this more frequently at RAND, so get used to it, by the way. Um, because we don't want the Sunday gathering just to be, okay, we're up on stage and, you know, we're singing, we're preaching, and then everyone else is just sitting and receiving and there's a place for that, of course, you know, for the preaching of the word. But it's, I think that, you know, the Lord wants us to kind of talk to each other and, and connect with each other and, and share life with each other. Um, I think even the, the most shy people, um, you, you kind of want to have a, some kind of connection. Isn't it interesting that, and this may not be true for you, I'm not sure, but all through my years of going to church, it seems like the thing that I talk about afterward, like with my wife at lunch or something, is who I connected with. It's, you know, sometimes it might be the message or the sermon. Hopefully you're thinking about that. But it's usually like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I had this talk with so-and-so or this new person came and they're from here and uh, they, this is how they found out about Ran. Or, it, those are the things we remember. And I think that's the design of the Lord, um, you know, for us to come together and to... Actually, the Bible says that. When you come together, one has a song, one has a revelation, one has an exhortation, one has a prayer. You know, there's supposed to be this beautiful exchange of our hearts with one another. So anyways, I say that to hopefully encourage you uh, to not, you know, leave during that time. I don't want you to leave because uh, you don't like to be in small groups. It'll be comfortable. Well, you know, all the chairs are, by the way, unhinged. So we'll just, you know, 
move into groups of three to five after it. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it and you really hate it, um, come and talk to me after. Because I, I do want to know how maybe I'm not seeing it straight or something like that. Because we, we want everybody to feel comfortable. Amen? Amen. All right. <laughs> um, by the way, too, speaking of uh, kind of hospitality and, and that kind of thing, if you are brand new with us, um, we have a gift for you at the welcome table over kind of over by the couch area, by the big window. Um, so head over there after service. Um, if you want to get on the newsletter, we can get you on that. We usually send one out once a week at the most. Uh, lately, has been like every three weeks. Um, <clears throat> we just want to connect with you. Again, you know, we just want to uh, know who you are. You know, it's important to, to us, and hopefully it would be important to you. If you have any questions at all, about the church or about the sermon today, um, head over to that, that area, the welcome table, the couch area, and we will be happy to... I may be up in the front here. I'm either up in the front or I'm kind of over in that area. So, um, I, by the way, I'm the pastor of the church. I don't know if anybody <laughs> knew that. <laughs> Some might be like, who is that guy? Uh, yes, I am the pastor. One of the pastors. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's where we're going. That's what we're doing today. Um, let's pray for a moment. Father, I just ask you to uh, move during this time. I pray that this little message that I have would ignite a spirit of thankfulness in every one of us. Lord, we live in a difficult world, and some of us have gone through so much hardship, especially in recent days, in recent years. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to be grateful, expand our capacity for gratitude today. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, all right. So one thing I think we all have in common is that when we were little kids, we were told by a parent or a grandparent or a teacher or an aunt or someone to say thank you, right? We were, in fact, repeatedly taught to be thankful. We all grew up knowing that it was the right thing, right, to be thankful and that the opposite, ingratitude and griping, was bad, we were all taught that uh, pretty much from childhood. What we may not have understood was why it was so bad to not be thankful. We may have just said thank you because, you know, if we didn't, we'd get scolded. So we learned to put on a tiny outward show of gratitude with our sweet little voice and gestures. But deep down we probably weren't really that thankful, at least in the true sense of what God intends for us to be in, in our gratitude. We believe that the blessing we received was our right. It was something we deserved. I mean, have you ever seen a toddler have a meltdown at Target? Because mom 
said, no, you cannot open the bag of Doritos now. And they flip out because they wanted to enjoy that bag of Doritos in their little shopping cart ride. But what's, what's that all about? What's going on there? It's human nature. We're born with a monstrous attitude of entitlement. We think we are the center of the universe, and we come out of the womb crying and complaining. It's in our very nature. Now, even though we are taught as children to be thankful, it's amazing how even as adults, uh, we complain so much. I don't think I've gone, this is a confession, a single day of my life without complaining about something. So I'm, you know, I, I'm, I have a long way to go in growing in this thing called gratitude. Um, so, you know, but, you know, we, we learn how to control our tongues in certain settings, but get us around friends and family and where we're comfortable. And boy, the, the stream of whining and uh, fault finding can, can just come pouring out, right? Don't look at me like I would never do that. Okay. <laughs> we all kind of do it. It's human nature to focus on what we don't have or... What is wrong with the world? Man, we're so good at talking about that, right? Or what's wrong with our job, or wrong with our church, or wrong with our spouse, or wrong with our kids, or ourselves. It's not that uh, thankful people don't exist, but they are a rare breed. I do think there's many thankful people in this church. But again, I'm not just talking about outward words of gratitude. Anybody can do that. A parrot can do that, right? A Christian who abounds in gratitude understands the contrast between what has been lavished upon him by the creator and what he deserves. He deserves wrath, but has been crowned with everlasting life. Realizing those two things just produces a profound gratitude. Now, strangely, even as adopted children of God who have been given so much, we still complain about things. You know, we, we know what we have, right? If we've been Christians for a long time, we know the Bible, we get it. Yeah, we're sinners, but Christ purchased our salvation so we can enjoy fellowship with God for eternity. Yeah, yeah, we understand, but we take it for granted. We don't really forget what we have. We forget how amazing what we have is. And we forget how amazing it is that we, undeserving wretched sinners, have the amazing blessings that we do have. It goes right back to the Garden of Eden. The sin of Adam and Eve in the garden was precisely a sin of ingratitude. They had been given, the Bible says, every, every tree in the vast, uh, beautiful garden to enjoy and eat from. But the one tree, God said, 
to not eat from. One tree. They just had to have that. All the blessings of God were not enough. It's like they were thinking, why can't I have that tree? I want that one. Mine. I don't want to be told no. Again, this human nature. But the reason ingratitude is so terrible is that it's like telling God, I am dissatisfied with what you have decided to give me or not give me. You owe me more. Ingratitude is fueled by pride. It's strengthened by selfishness. It's followed by envy. And it's really the heart of rebellion. Now, before I get into how to become more thankful, which I definitely want to talk about, I want to just take some time to tell you what I'm thankful for in the hopes that it will stir you to remember some of the blessings you may overlook or may maybe take for granted in your own life. Little things, even. For example, all the, and I probably shouldn't say this because it'll make you hungry, but all the delicious food we have access to, all the wonderful array of flavors and aromas. How about music? That just some music, some music I do not like, but some music, it just does something to get you moving or it moves you in some way emotionally. How about good books? Thank God. There's a lot of bad books out there, but there's so many good books out there. Inspiring works of art. Interesting architecture. Children playing. You know, for some reason, we've always, uh, almost always, like we've moved around a lot, and it seems like every place we move, there's always an elementary school, like just an earshot away. And, and often we work at home and recess time. You can hear that just the sounds, the symphony of the kids laughing and playing. And there's always one or two that have to scream. <laughs> that come. But it's just so, ah, I just love that sound. I just love it. I'm grateful for quiet places to write and to think. I'm thankful for Rhode Island, just with its uh, lush landscape, just the coastal towns, the farms, the culture. I mean, the restaurants in Providence, come on. It's like we are spoiled. I am so thankful uh, for the variety of food in this city. I love when, when the snow just covers everything like a blanket. Now, I don't love a few days later when it's all muddy and dirty and gross, and, but, oh, when the, when the snow covers everything, it's just so beautiful. I'm th- a little deeper here. I'm thankful for, for my wife. I have the best wife, faithful, um, supportive, beautiful, godly. Um, 31 years we've been, we've been married, and it's been a, it's been a joy. I'm so grateful for my two lovely daughters uh, who are now kind of like all grown up. 
they're just so sweet and I just I just love being with them and hanging out with them. We're going to see them at Thanksgiving. I'm excited about that. I'm thankful for that. What about Ren? I'm thankful for this building at 184 Broad Street. I mean, I don't want you to turn around, but it's just beautiful, right? You can see the city. It's just what a great space that we can come in here and we can worship and it's quiet. What a gift from God he has given to us. And really all the different places of worship since the beginning, since 2002. Actually, the very first place, we, our official launch was in 2003 and we met at the Columbus Theater. But if you go back in the summer of 2002, we were meeting in a Haitian church on Penn Street. And uh, I thank God for that. I thank God for that little space. But God has always provided for us through the years. I'm thankful for hundreds of times of spiritual refreshing upon our gatherings. I'm thankful for the grace to have preached about a thousand sermons. And some of you have heard a thousand sermons from me. That's got to be, I feel bad for you. I'm thankful for the times of encountering the Lord in, in a personal way. Those times when God just like draws us near to himself, times of hearing his voice. I'm thankful for all the ideas. I mean, one of our most common prayers is like, God, baptize us in creativity and imagination. I mean, we've prayed that hundreds of times. And God just answers those prayers and always gives us fresh ideas and innovation. I'm thankful for the thousands of different people who have come to Ren for one season or another and have, you know, been a part of this community and have kind of put something into this community and have taken something from this community. Um, God always provides people to, to be bookkeepers and to be children's workers. There's many downstairs now serving the kids and all the different components and musicians and all the different people who have played a part in Wren over the last 20 years. What a gift. I'm grateful for that. I'm thankful to just be alive, really, to have breath in my lungs. I'm thankful God thought of making me and then followed through and made me. I'm thankful for the ways grace came to me through stained glass windows when I was a child, the transcendence of music, Mr. Rogers, looking straight at me, speaking truth, the glory of blue skies and summer days. I used to just sit uh, on my back as a kid and just look up at the sky for our surprise, right? Yeah, you, you know my personality. You know, I just would just sit and just look up. And I didn't know it at the time, but God was revealing himself to me. The heavens declare the glory of God. I am so grateful for the very blunt friend that God put in my life that spoke the gospel to me. And I'm grateful for the day the presence of God drenched me and brought me to my knees in tears. 
that all my guilt and shame was washed away in one sweep. That 32 years later, I am still near to God and perfectly kept by the power of God. Getting a little theological, I'm thankful that even though God knew that if he created the world, he would have to die for the world, that he still did it. I'm thankful that Christ came and laid his life down on the cross to pay the price for my sin. I'm thankful to be a new creation in Christ Jesus, to have the indwelling Holy Spirit. I'm no longer dead, but alive. I'm no longer a slave of Satan, but a child of God. I'm no longer under wrath, but in the sunshine of God's favor. I'm no longer in bondage to the fear of death, but actually have an anticipation of being joined with the Savior. I'm no longer heading toward hell as I was and blind, but my eyes are wide open heading toward the glory of God. And I could keep going. I'm sure each of you have your own blessings that you could list. And I do want to just kind of do a side note here, if because I don't know maybe a tenth of you here, maybe more than that, a fifth of you um, in the room, and maybe some are not followers of Jesus yet, or you're just, whatever, checking this thing out. I just, you know, maybe you're not a Christian, and you can't really relate to a lot of the things that I'm talking about, like, you would say, well, I can't be thankful for those things because I don't really, that's not my experience. Um, well, I want to encourage you to be thankful that you're here today, that God has drawn you to this place. And you can be thankful that the invitation to follow Jesus is for you. And you can be thankful that you still have breath in your lungs, that you can, you can come to, to God and have a relationship with God and that these blessings of God that I just touched on, they're not just for me. They're for you. They're for every one of you in this place. Uh, so that's something to be thankful for. Well, if thankfulness is so important, we have to talk a little bit about how we can do this. How do we be thankful? The Bible just says stuff like, be thankful, or old King James, be ye thankful. Okay, it's like a comment, all right, you know, it just, but how do we do it? It sounds so simple. Is it simple? I think it actually is kind of simple. It's a choice. I don't want to emphasize that. We choose what we think about. It's a choice to direct our minds to think about things to be thankful for. It's a choice to remember our blessings, just like it is a choice to open up our mouth and complain. I don't think, you know, we're not robots. Well, the devil made me complain. No, you know, well, it's just being around my wife so much. She's just, oh, please, don't even go there. Like, you know, we have to take responsibility for our own lives, our own words. 
And so we choose the things that we think about and the things that we say. And I suppose we learn, those who are really trying to be thankful people, we learn a little tricks, if you want to call them that, to foster thankfulness. Like some of you may have a thankfulness journal. That's a great idea. You know, it's just something you go to, you write things, you, you don't vent, you don't complain. It's just that's a place where you just discipline yourself to remember the things to be thankful for. Some make lists. Uh, some have made a wall of sticky notes in their house. Um, that's a great idea. Some listen to certain kinds of music that just stir gratitude. In a moment, I'll give you one of my tricks. But I do want to say this. I want to make the point that thankful people do not have less struggles than unthankful people. Thankful people also aren't in denial about the reality of bad things. They struggle. They see evil and injustice in the world. They lament over those things. There's a place for lament. But they choose to set their minds on things above, things that inspire hope. They work hard to think about whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, praiseworthy. You might recognize these eight words from Paul's epistle to the, to the Philippians. He instructs them, I'm going to read the verse, to think on these things. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Choose to think about these things. Now, there are tens of thousands of things that could be described by each of these words, right? The point I think that Paul was making is that the things to be thankful for are inexhaustible. Paul is challenging us to devote ourselves to thinking about these things as a lifestyle, as the path to peace. Now, I'm guessing what some of you may be thinking is this. How are we supposed to think on all these good and lovely things when there are so many terrible things all around us in the world? It's a good question, and it's not easy to do. But I do think that the more we practice gratitude, the easier it does get. That's what the renewing of the mind is all about. One of my favorite uh, things to do with really both of my daughters, I can't say that my wife enjoys this at all, but it's to go to very large thrift shops and just spend hours there searching for treasure. I'm not talking about like the, the, the nicely curated little tiny uh, thrift stores like in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, or 
wherever in Providence or something like that. I'm, I'm talking about like just ugly buildings in the middle of nowhere. And I don't even know where they get all this junk. It's just people die and they just get all this estate sales and just, there's just junk. And we're like, oh yeah, this is just so good. And, you know, amidst the countless worthless items, we search for treasure. And it's not that we don't see the worthless stuff. We see it. We don't like it. It smells sometimes, musty. But we pass over it quickly until we find something lovely. Speaking of the word lovely... It's one of the eight words Paul listed, right, in Philippians 4, 8. And it describes, this word describes people or things that are beautiful, charming, delightful, enjoyable. All right, here's the trick I wanted to, to give to you. It's a fun trick. You can try it today, tomorrow. Try looking for lovely things like it's a scavenger hunt. You don't need to carve out extra time to do this. Just weave it right into your day, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, driving to work, walking the dog, doing errands, washing clothes, whatever you're doing normally, whatever you're planning on doing today, tomorrow, Tuesday. Try searching for the lovely amidst the mounds and mounds of bland and bad and broken things in your world. Lovely things are there if we make an effort to see them. Now, when you see something lovely, this is a little bit about prayer right now, okay? Acknowledge God in some way. You know, we don't want to worship the lovely thing, right? We want lovely things to evoke worship. We really have to make sure we get that straight. That's Romans chapter one, right? People loved the created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. But when you see something lovely, maybe say a prayer of thanks. I mean, that would be the, the most common thing. I do that sometimes. Lord, thank you for that. Oh my gosh, thank you for whatever I'm seeing or thinking about or whatever. Just a little prayer in your mind would be the simplest way. But there are other ways, too. You could quietly rejoice or have you ever just laughed with delight when you saw something? Make that a prayer. You might say to God, I love that. I talk to God all day long. And I sometimes just say, I love that. Like, as if to say, wow, thank you for that that is a thing. It's so good. Uh, sometimes I just say, Lord, that's beautiful. Sometimes it's a simple, hmm, wow. Or, ah, like kids. Ah, you know, make that, make that a prayer to God. It could be just a gaze. You know, a prayer can be as simple as a sigh. Like, wow. You know, just just uh, just taking it in, looking at something, and just being stunned. Again, prayer doesn't always have to be verbal. 
It doesn't have to be out loud, that's for sure. It could be in the mind. It could be just a heart expression, a sigh of like, all of these things are in various ways saying, wow, God, that is gorgeous. That is lovely. You did that. You made that possible. Praise to you. Glory to God. That's what these little expressions are through, through our day. Now, some, I'll finish up with this, some lovely things you might see this week could be a bed of flowers, the deep plum color of leaves on a tree, a pretty dress someone is wearing, the kind mannerism of a sweet old lady. A small, I mean, this was, I'm, this is kind of a lot of these right from this week. A small, puffy cloud. I was like distracted while I was driving this week. There was this small, puffy cloud that was like a cloud, and then it had this loop around it. I was like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. You know, like, <laughs> you know. But wow, a good cup of coffee. Oh, it never gets old. The smell of fresh basil. How about an open field we come upon while driving? Oh, so good. An exquisite articulation of something we read that just, we can't even continue reading. We're just like, wow. Maybe a scene in a movie. The cover of a vintage book. The rays of sun coming through a window. I saw this this week. Two dogs in our neighborhood just rolling around, playing together like they were best friends. I was like, that is just the glory of God right there. The coming together of musical notes in a way that melts the heart. This one could be unique to me. The thrill of acceleration in a car. Sometimes I drive too fast. But there are thousands upon thousands of lovely things in our world. Search for them amidst the ruins and decay. Work hard at finding things to be thankful for. And if you're in a place where nothing around you is lovely, which can be the case, we can always look up because Jesus is altogether and always lovely. Amen? Amen. So fix your eyes on him. All right, love you guys. That's all I got. I'm going to hand it over to Shana or Courtney. I'm sorry, Courtney, yeah. <laughs> or Shana, whatever. <laughs> Come on up, Courtney.